I've been stuck in sort of a creative funk lately. Luckily, my wife has a plan to get me out of it. She's planned a trip to Bright Falls. We're gonna head to the cabin on Cauldron Lake and see if we can break this writer's block and become truly inspired. Come along with me on this journey. Welcome in, my little horse, to the fourth episode of the Main Horse Podcast, being recorded once again from my truck slash mobile recording studio. Today, we are talking about Alan Wake, and we're going to talk about Alan Wake in all its glory. Uh, it's a masterpiece. Before we get to that, I do have some news I know a lot of people were excited about and have been waiting for. Unfortunately, though, I did not get the voice acting job for Jordan King's new game. I don't want everyone to be upset about this, okay? If uh, he doesn't want a tremendous voice actor such as myself, um, you know, and his game's a failure, that's on him, all right? If he really didn't want to harness the the influencing power that I have over my seven YouTube subscribers, it's bad marketing on his part is the way I look at it. Uh, Having said that, I just want to be clear, I don't want people going out and attacking Jordan King for passing up one of the greatest talents of our generation, me being that great talent. Before we get started today talking about Alan Wake, I want to talk about my creative process, all right? Basically, I'm going to play the game, right? That's the first step. And then if I enjoy the game, I'm going to decide if I want to do an episode on it, which Alan Wake, I did want to do an episode on. It's a great game. So then what I do after it's been played, after I've made my decisions, I go to YouTube and I start watching reviews. Now, uh, most reviews are going to say the same thing, and some some are going to point out some interesting facts. Uh, Twin Peaks continues to come up, and I've got a real issue with this. I've watched probably 30 reviews on YouTube of this game. Everyone mentions Twin Peaks references. I'm sorry, I don't believe any of you have heard of or seen Twin Peaks. I had never heard of the show, all right? I was born in 1988. I'm old, and I don't remember this fucking show. Uh, if it was if it was Dawson Creek references or, you know, Dan the Man Scott One Tree Hill references, absolutely, I would get those. But uh, I have a hard time believing that all these people have heard of slash seen Twin Peaks and understand all the references. Uh, I don't get it. And if you're new here to the Banging Horrors podcast... You've probably listened to game reviews before. I want to let you know what you don't get with the Banging Horrors podcast. I'm not a game snob. I'm going to start off by saying that. I don't enjoy listening to people complain about games. If you hate the game so much, don't fucking do a review on it. I've talked about that in the past. And I'm going to say 99% of reviews that I saw, absolutely great things about the game. So if you get off on listening to people bash everything and get no enjoyment in life, you're not going to have a lot of fun here. I'm going to complain about things, but the overall, my episodes, they're going to be mostly positive. Unless, of course, we're talking about that piece of shit horror game Pacifier. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not going to do a review of it. I hate it. If you want a review of a shit game, uh, Pacifier. Don't play it. Don't buy it. Boom. The review's over. Before we can dive into Alan Wake, I have to say, as soon as I started playing the game, I was instantly brought back to the 2001 classic Max Payne, which Max Payne is absolutely a horror game, and it's a great game, and I had no clue when I started playing Alan Wake that Remedy, 
the game developer also made Max Payne. So let's jump into a little history on Remedy. So Remedy Entertainment is a Finnish, uh, meaning in Finland, game developer uh, that is publicly owned, publicly traded. I thought it was an interesting fact to point out that they are publicly traded. I don't know how many game developers are publicly traded. I have no clue. I just saw it on Wikipedia. thought it was kind of cool. Uh, Remedy Entertainment, games of note, they have done Max Payne 1 and 2 and um, Alan Wake, obviously, which we're, we're talking about now. Also, Alan Wake 2 is slated to come out this year, 2023. I know we're all excited about that. Um, Finnish game, I'm not sure how many game developers are from Finland. I only know one Finnish person. That's Lorenz the Finn. Uh, he lives out in Finland. I think he's fighting in Ukraine right now, actually. I'm not really sure. I'll have to, I'll have to get with... with uh, I'll have to get with Lorenz on that. Another interesting factoid of Remedy Entertainment, they created their own uh, game engine called Northlight Engine. So it is a storytelling engine, a multi-platform game engine, which was first used in Quantum Break. Um, I thought that was cool that because of how they like to design their games, they, they couldn't find an engine that really fit their storytelling ability. So they created their own. Uh, it just shows the dedication that uh, Remedy Entertainment has towards their games. Off the top of my head, I don't know another game developer that really just owns the third-person third um, story-driven horror shooter type game. Remedy Entertainment, they've got a monopoly on that. They're the best at it. Now, let's go ahead and just get into Alan Wake itself. Uh, we bullshit enough. Let's get into the game. Basically, how this is going to start out is, or sort of the plot, is we're a writer, we're a very famous writer, and we have writer's block. So our wife uh, books a trip for us, a vacation to uh, break us out of this funk. We're going to go to Bright Falls and to a cabin on Cauldron Lake. And uh, when we get to that part, uh, I will say that Alan Wake's kind of a dick to his wife. Um, I, I don't understand that. He kind of freaked out when she had the typewriter set up. She's trying to help you, Alan. You know, uh, don't be a dickhead. She's giving you seclusion. She's giving you an ample opportunity to... Um, it's been two years, Alan. It's time to, to get back to work, all right? It's time to be a writer. So we start off, and uh, there's a lot of cutscenes in the game. We start off, we... Uh, kill a hitchhiker, we run him over, he disappears, we're in a dream, we're not in a fucking dream. A bunch of strange things are going to go on in the beginning here. But basically, the first sort of mission that we get is we're going to be running towards this lighthouse. Like This lighthouse uh, is the safety in the game. We're going towards the lighthouse, and along the way, we're going to learn the basic functions and controls of the game itself. So... Uh, running through here, the biggest takeaway that we learn right away is that light is our friend. Uh, it's, it's really the opposite of how I like to live, where darkness is my ally. Like Bane said, um, I was born in the darkness. I don't really like the light. Light burns my skin. Uh, I try to stay out of it. So really, I would be more in the dark presence of this game. Uh, definitely not in the light side. So we're going to be able to, to get a flashlight, and we use this flashlight to break the uh, the the enemy's sort of shield. They have a dark shield that can only be broken by the light. 
And when we do this, we're able to shoot them. So at first it's kind of supernatural and then it's normal. Like we break that away and then there, it doesn't stop them from being crazy or possessed, whatever they are. It does allow us to just shoot them. It's a, uh, it's an auto aim. It's pretty simple. We can, uh, pick up batteries for the flashlight ammo for the guns. I actually enjoyed the fact that the, the batteries are Energizer. Um, I like the product placement in games. I don't want to pick up a battery. Like if it just says battery, that's one thing. But if it has like a made up name, like Mattery Batteries or something, something stupid like that. Give me, I live in the real world. I know the game, it kind of takes place in real world, but a fake world. But maybe the products or items that we use, those can be uh, real life things. So we have a Verizon cell phone. We have a uh, Energizer batteries. Um, I don't know if the ammo off the top of my head was like Remington or something. I don't think it was, but we get a few different weapons. We'll get a pistol, we'll get a shotgun, we'll get a flare gun. We have flares and um, we'll, you'll, you'll go up against a multitude of enemies while playing through the story. To reiterate in this sort of opening uh, first mission tutorial, we're gonna learn the basic mechanics of everything. We're gonna learn about the dodge feature, which is gonna slow time down, give us a cool little cinematic camera view when we do it. And that allows us to avoid contact with enemies. Um, I feel like on a controller, it'd be much easier. I played it with a keyboard. Uh, the keyboard isn't as intuitive in this aspect. Uh, when you're holding shift and you know WASD are the direction keys you're trying to fucking move around. Uh, controller, I would recommend over that and so also here we, we see the uh the the scenery sort of the how the, the how the game looks right and the, the game is absolutely beautiful especially when we think back i'm not playing the remastered version when we think back to the 2010 version uh when the game came out it to me it absolutely holds up there's nothing that i see where i'm like oh this game looks like a 2010 game uh which was now 13 years ago Another point of contention I have with the criticism of the game is Alan Wake can't sprint for very long. However, he does jog throughout the entire game. I'm sure somewhere somebody has the amount of miles that Alan jogged. Um, I think he's in pretty good shape for a rider, heavy smoker, drinker, drinks a lot of coffee for energy, uh, helps speed up. There is no stamina bar. So when Alan Wake's just out of breath, he's just out of fucking breath. You won't know it until you're out of fucking breath. But he, he's jogging the whole fucking time. So I think uh, having, looking at it in my perspective, I see it as Alan Wake's in pretty good fucking shape. I couldn't jog that long. I'd be out of breath immediately. I'd be dead at the beginning. I couldn't run across that bridge when all the shit's falling off. I'd be out of breath too, Alan. It's okay. No judgment here. The biggest issue I do have in this game, which uh, I haven't seen many people or anyone really point out, is, and this goes for most shooting games, Alan Wake wears zero hearing protection. If you have a gun, go ahead and shoot it a few times and run around, shoot it some more. Alan Wake would be fucking deaf by the end of this uh, adventure. I never, I don't remember that being addressed. I would like to see that level of realis, realism added to horror games or just shooting games in general. You got to have hearing pro in. All right. Well, you're just going to be, you're not going to be able to hear anything. I guess if the internal monologues, Alan, it doesn't matter. He doesn't need to hear anything. 
but we're not gonna be able to hear the enemies until we get smacked with the fucking axe that they're throwing at us. Or I guess if we saw them, but we're basically playing this game deaf. That's the way I, I liked. I absolutely love the uh, the concept of Alan Wake, of this video game. You're a writer that's trying to piece together a story you've written that you don't remember writing. Um, being a successful writer like Alan, I can relate to this. It, uh, it's the, the aspect of bringing your words to life. It, there's a ton of Stephen King references in the game. And the biggest one that I thought of the entire time was Stephen King's uh, short story, uh, Word Processor of the Gods where, you know, you type things and they come to life. That's basically what Alan did. And that is represented in the dark presence. Now, the dark presence in the game, it lives in the lake. It is basically, it uses creative people to bring events to life. It's a, it's a pretty cool concept. I'm trying not to get into too many spoilers. Again, the game came out in 2010. If you haven't fucking played it yet, you know, that's your own fault for spoilers. It's been out 13 fucking years. Play the goddamn game. But it's a, it's a very cool concept. And the Dark Presence has lived here, and it's done that before. And so I think now we'll just talk a little bit about the Dark Presence itself. The Dark Presence is a... Um, it's a supernatural construct that uh, existed within the dark place. Uh, it's going to be in, it lives in Cauldron Lake, underneath the lake. And it's what you're fighting against in this game as you're searching for your wife, Alice. Being confined to the lake, the dark presence, it doesn't want to be stuck in the fucking lake. So over a period of time, it's taken uh, control or possessed artists and writers in Bright Falls and use them to expand its reach. Because ultimately, it wants to break free uh, and and fuck up the world. That's basically the objective of the Dark Presence. Now, the, the yin and yang of this, the uh, the uh, banality of good and evil, or sorry, the duality of good and evil, this is going to be the, um, the, the Dark Presence, right? Natural enemy to the light. It's really summed up well, I would say, with um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Charlie with the, uh, the Nightman and Dayman. So we've learned the game mechanics. We've got a basic understanding of what we're up against. We're going to, throughout the game, find pages of this manuscript that we don't remember writing. And we're going to learn how to rescue our wife and defeat the Dark Presence. Right? That's basically the objective here. Along the way, we're going to have plenty of different types of enemies to fight. I really enjoyed the Harvester. You're going to fight heavy machinery in this game that's going to be possessed. Not only just loggers out there. Uh, strange, strange beans. Um, you're going to fight dumpsters. The uh, 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 An aspect of the game that I really enjoy is third-person horror. It's my favorite... Some games, they do benefit from first person. I'm more of a third person guy, though. But when you combine that third person with uh, the ability to fight back in a horror game, that, that to me is what makes Alan Wake such an amazing game. The story itself is uh, incredible. And anyone that talks shit about the story, they just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But I enjoy, in a horror game, being able to fight back. I don't want to feel like a little bitch in a horror game. Like, I've got to run and hide and I'm afraid. No. Fuck that. Uh, there's no stealth 
in here. I don't want to utilize stealth. Uh, I've got a flashlight and a gun, and uh, that's all I need to, you know, to, to just waste the motherfuckers. So this is like an Ash Williams, Evil Dead style, uh, where we're taking the fight to evil. We're taking the light to the darkness. And I love that in horror games. Yet another thing that Alan Wake uh, masterfully does is integrate puzzles. Puzzles are always in horror games. And if you're listening to this, uh, you, like me, probably fucking hate puzzles because puzzles are fucking stupid and we're stupid and we're not smart enough to figure out puzzles. But what Alan Wake does is they utilize realistic puzzles. Like, oh, this these logs, uh, I can't make it from one side to the other. How do I cross here? I've got to get this generator started and I've got to uh, move this uh, these logs with a, like a crane, basically, and put them in place. That, to me, is how a puzzle should be. If I'm being chased by supernatural things uh, in the real world, why would I have these strange, fucking complicated puzzles that I have to figure out? No, this is something that uh, that's more realistic. Like, it's a common sense puzzle. It's something, oh, I've got to get from point A to point B. I need to figure out, you know, multiply by by X and solve for C or however the fuck that goes. I don't know. I took geometry B four times. I didn't ever take algebra. So... It's a common sense puzzle. It's basically what I'm saying. And I enjoy that in the game. There's not these crazy, unrealistic fucking puzzles. Real fucking puzzles. That's all I'm trying to say. Here, we're going to talk about a new segment we're adding to the Banging Horrors podcast. Sort of an introduction to it. And this is called Gamer Rants. And this is where, well, I usually go off on a fucking rant about people's bad reviews. Now I'm just going to read you a bad review and I'm going to respond to it. I'm going to I'm going to have a rebuttal to the bad review. Um, this one here is from Famine or Famine on Steam. Combat is repetitive. Well, I don't know if combat is really repetitive. I've heard that argument made a number of times in some of these reviews that I've watched. How is it repetitive? Someone's got to explain it to me. It's just what the game is. It's like saying combat is repetitive in Call of Duty or Battlefield. You're just shooting people. You got a flashlight, you break the fucking shield, you shoot the motherfucker. I don't know what is repetitive about that. How could you make that more varied? What else should you be doing in the game? Just what the fucking game is. North Frey on Steam says, Story ain't all that. Now, I don't really know what uh, uh, rebuttal to this one could be. The whole fucking game is a story, and it's a great story. So... North Frey, just not not even a helpful bad review. You didn't even help me in my Gamer Rant section here. Uh, we're going to finish this up with Exilio, whose review simply says, Boring. Fuck you, Exilio. Game's not boring. You're boring. And you also wrote a boring bad review. Exilio sucks. If you would like to be featured in a segment of Gamer Rants please send me your bad review of a game I've reviewed or going to review, whichever fucking. This is going to bring us to our conclusion here where I'm just going to say that Alan Wake is an episodic survival horror psychological thriller game that plays like a movie that's based off a book. It's just a great game. It's like 80s porn, right? It's just classic and it just gets me hard. 
that's going to bring us to the end of the fourth episode of the Banging Horrors podcast. Now, I'm, I'm choosing, if you're wondering, how I'm choosing these games. So these first games I'm doing, I'm really still trying to figure out a format for the podcast itself. Because you probably don't realize this because I do such a good job of hiding it. I'm kind of all over the fucking place. Super fucking hyper, super fucking active, high energy. And so I'm trying to get a format down of something to follow. But I'm also choosing these games because they're games I want to revisit in the future and do a more in-depth dive um, into them, into the review itself. And so this is where I need y'all's help because... I play a lot of horror games. I don't know the full history. Uh, I'm too fucking crazy to just stick to one game and learn everything about it. I gotta keep jumping to the next one. So I really, if I, if you listen to one of these episodes and you're like, hey, I'm the biggest fucking Alan Wake fan. I write the Alan Wake wiki. Uh, this person needs to know this thing. I would love to speak with you and talk to you uh, maybe together on the podcast so we can go back and forth. I can run the, you can tell people these expanded ideas because right now I'm trying to keep the episodes less than 30 minutes. If I actually knew the full history of these things uh, and had it memorized, I would sit here and do a three hour thing about it. So we'll do deep dives on these episodes in the future, but I need your help for that. And I'll see you next week where we have another very exciting game coming up that my wife, Lindsay, absolutely fucking hated when we played. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. See you next week.